Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All the story, all the secrets are gonna come out tonight. <laughs> I'm just I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I'm ready for it, brother. Um, is there anything you do you definitely want to talk to make sure we get to, or like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> make sure this, this is not a part of this. No, I'm open for everything. It's just like when you hear the shop, brother. Let's do it. Hello, beautiful people. Yo, Spirit Doing. Welcome back to another episode of Peace Talk Podcast, where I get to talk to like my favorite people in the fucking world. Uh, I'm going to let this gentleman go ahead and introduce himself because I can't introduce him better than he can. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody who you are, Ra, what you all about. What's up, people? I'm Ra. I opened up my barbershop in 2017, so I'm going on five years. When I opened the shop, I was just a barber. But now I'm a barber and also I'm an author of a book. So, you know, I try to do it all. <laughs> I like it. So very uh, modest of you. Um, what's been the most challenging thing of, of having a business? Because Albert Lee is still relatively a small a small town in southern Minnesota. Yeah, Hannah Hannah Goodman was the young lady that I had on uh, a few episodes ago or last season, I guess I should say. And you know, it's 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 racist. It's it's a pretty race. I mean, America's racist in my opinion, but Albert Lee is a good like small town racist. You know, like you know, you you told me you had a gentleman in your shop last week with a Confederate flag tattoo on his neck. Yes, sir. He said, um, people think I'm racist just because of my tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just cutting, like, how dare they? How, how dare they see this racist tattoo and think you racist? Sorry. Don't Sorry, you judge me by my up. tattoos. <laughs> that, that is permanently on my body, son. <laughs> it's on yeah, his neck. You can see it from every angle. <laughs> right, right. He said, the South shall rise again. <laughs> right, like, I, I I mean, I, first of all, I do appreciate racist people that's like, hey, this is, I'm here to stay. But like, if you don't want to be perceived as, as racist, like maybe, maybe put it on like your lower back, you know, like maybe put it on a, on a body part where most people won't see. I had a gang of questions about his tattoo, but I felt like if I kept asking questions about his tattoo, he'd hit me with the... Keep cutting, nigger. And keep, <laughs> I ain't want that. I alone. Like, how do you want this mullet, sir? Like, I don't. Um, yeah, yeah. What's been the most challenging thing of, of of having a business, but specifically where you're located at? Okay, so being in Albert Lee, when I got here, there were three other barbershops, all ran by old white dudes <laughs> cutting other old white dudes. <laughs> COVID hit, two of the shops closed. So now it's just me and another guy who I've never seen open. Like on my off days, I pass by the shop, it's closed. So I've been getting an influx of old white dudes coming into the shop. So it goes one of two ways. Either they walk in, see me cutting, and they leave out, which is fine. I'm used to that. 
or it's the hey can you do a regular haircut <laughs> you know you know what in barber school they just taught me the fancy stuff we skipped <laughs> over the, the regular haircut the thing that i love is i got another barber who works with me and i usually just send them to him <laughs> so they come in and i'm busy i say see me on saturday they come in Saturday. I feel like he can cut you. As soon as they walk in, he can cut you. And he don't mind because he's there, you know, trying to get the extra cuts because I got a pretty solid clientele. But every day it's a new white dude. Some of them got this privilege. Like, I'm here for a cut. Can I sit down right now? No, I'm booked into six. Can you come back at six? I'm coming tomorrow. You will give me a time? No, I'll see you tomorrow. They probably won't <laughs> see me again. Because they just come in and think they should shit. And I respect it, but that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. Okay, so what's what's been some of your favorite aspects of having this barbershop? Because you said it's been it's been almost five years. Technically, it'll be four years here, but I, I was open in another location here in town for about five or six months. So with me, I would count May is my fifth year officially being open. But here okay. in this particular location, October. So tell me some of your favorite things about not only being a barber, but having your own business and some of the great things that you've experienced over the last four, soon to be five years. My favorite thing that I've experienced here in my years is I took a shop that I wasn't too sure was going to last because there were three shops in town before I got here. So my first year and a half, two years, the shop, and you could probably attest this, the shop is totally different. Now you come in, you know what I'm saying? We having whatever conversations, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the TV's on, we watching whatever, we having debates. It feels as close to a black barbershop as a barbershop in Albert Lee can feel. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I, I, I definitely agree. I've, I've spent countless hours there and i'm sure if i if there was like a, a punch like if i can punch a clock i've racked up a lot of fucking like pto like i've been there so long I, my my dream and my goal is to open and close the shop with you one day uh you know i'm gonna say this before the end of the year i hear you i'm all for it i mean there's never a dull moment when you hear and you get to see the craziness that comes and goes. Like, I want to say you were there the day my other barber was flirting with a chick while his wife was at the shop. I'm in my chair like, is this really happening? But it was. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, she, well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't really know the lady, his wife, but she doesn't seem like a, a friendly person. <laughs> So, um, for him to be like all up in this young lady's haircut and 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 it, it basically her be off to the side, I thought that was that was very bold. Like I've gotten to a point now where I won't say my wife accepts the flirting, but she understands it's a part of it. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to sell these t-shirts, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like let me let me do that. I don't think I've ever in or will flirt like directly in the same space of my wife you know what i mean like like look, we'll take it around the corner okay you know so that that was pretty bold what what's what's the craziest thing that you maybe can share that's happened at the barbershop okay um 
I'm gonna just put it out there. I've, <laughs> made, some, I've made some mistakes as a barber. No, not as a barber. I made some mistakes as a man while being a barber. <laughs> Let me just clear that up. So I have a 19 year old son, and there was a point in time where I went from flirting to actually dealing with a 20-year-old young lady, okay? One year older than my son. And... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Math. She would go out of her way to contact my girlfriend all the time. Anytime me and her did something, my girl was like the third person to know. I knew, she knew, then my girl knew, and you were probably the fourth. So... I'm trying to get it right. I'm like, I got to quit dealing with you. You got to stop. You know what I'm saying? She is, I don't know if you started watching this impeachment show that I told you to watch, but she's like Monica Lewinsky. Like, she won't leave me alone. She's calling herself in love. I'm like, no, you're not, bitch. Like, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to make it clear that she's not in love. She's not hearing it. One day, she just showed up to the shop. I'm like, what you doing here? She's like, I know you said we can't talk no more, but I had to come by and see you. I got food. I get hungry. <sighs> I'm like, I can eat. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I didn't say no. But I was like, I can eat. <laughs> so I'm eating. She talking. She like, this is a good thing. We should we should start hanging out more here at the shop. I'm like, you shouldn't start hanging out here more at the shop. And she hits me with the why not? And it felt like it was scripted in the movie. She said, why not? My girl pulls up. She like, who is that? I'm like, that's my girl. She hit me with the up scared. Should I hide in the back? I was like, nah, you should have to take these hands. <laughs> so my girl gets out the car, sees her in the shop, asks her what she's doing there. She tried to find a way out. My girl let her out. She's begging on her window. She's been the young shit, got out of there, super scared. I'm inside the shop like, oh. Here we go. It comes to curse it out. So she came in cursing me. I was like, all I did was eat. She's like, nah, you know, she's sitting busy here. I was hungry. She's like, I got your lunch right here. I was like, first of all, I knew you was bringing lunch. I shouldn't have said I could eat. But <laughs> like, you put on Jeopardy up that guy. You bring a young chick in front of me. I don't know who I'm becoming. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to laugh at your pain and your misery. But it's also hilarious. I mean, I wish this was not true. But you see, you went to the shop where the young chick just pop up. It just sits. This is just a barbershop. I can't just put people out. But she would just sit for like hours. It's like she was getting hours like you. She would just sit and want to be chilling. <laughs> <laughs> and I would talk about my girlfriend in front of her and all that. She just act like she here. I report back to my wife when I when. I get home, I leave the barbershop or anytime something happens, we, we sort of have like, <laughs> like almost a conference call. Like, Hey, what's, what's the update? Hey, here's what's going on with Ron, Hannah and, and so on and so forth. One of the things that we talk a lot about, and I've, I've talked to you about this is what are you doing <laughs> specifically to these women that have them going bonkers? <laughs> because I feel like there's got to be something in the water. <laughs> this is not normal behavior. Yes, age is probably a factor and also location. 
but I feel like you got to be promising these women like, like, like gold and like Tiffany bracelets. Why are they and why are your experience with uh, some of these women so erratic? Somebody told me this a long time ago and I heard it. I believed it. And I still believe it to this day. There is a crazy button in the vagina. It's kind of back there. <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't have an off switch. It's a, you can only turn it on. Or you can hit it again and just turn it on more. Like, everything is more crazy. You can't turn it off. And, like, because I'm not doing anything. Like, I mean, <sighs> I told a young lady, like, I got a girl. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying, do nothing crazy, but you know, let's get physical, which I shouldn't have done. This when I was younger. Let's not let's make it clear. It's not right now that I'm telling you. But I've been like, you know, like this happened last week. I got a girl years ago. (laughs) And they'll be like, it's fine. I gotta do so it's fine. I'll be like, all right. And then we'll get physical. They don't call me like that. I dumped his ass. And I'm like, who? Why? Why why would you dump him? Because me and you, we supposed to be together. We not supposed. To, I don't even have you saved in my phone as your name. I got you. <laughs> I got you saved this crazy person, and this is why you gonna <laughs> dump your boyfriend after telling me that y'all gonna be together forever. I'm marrying Joseph. Please marry Joseph, but you can't deal with Ra like that, and it gets terrible. Because what will start happening is I do buy Tiffany's. For my girl, I do buy coach. For my girl, then here they go, expecting stuff. And it's like, no, no, you, you cannot be expecting the same thing when I don't even know your last name. Like, <laughs> come on. You got to stop. You got to stop nonsense. There, there are three things I do want to get to with you. Um, I do want to talk uh, about the book that you wrote, uh, Being a Black Father. Is uh, you have four kids? Well, four total. Is it? Yeah, yeah, that's everybody. Okay, yeah, four. Um, and then um, being a father, book, and oh no, relationships. So, but before I do that, every episode I'm including debates at eight, and I try to tailor them to my guests. And this is one that uh, I think you might be best suited to answer, maybe. So uh, I'm gonna read it, and then you just reply or respond or give advice or whatever you want to <laughs> for for the next debate at eight. So uh, requested debate. After sex, I usually am disinterested in women. The last girl I was with was dope, but she let me, she let me smash after a week and I don't know. <laughs> she, she seems like wife material, but I'm mad she gave it up so quickly. Should I try to make it work somehow or die alone? Die alone, obviously. <laughs> First of all, how does she seem like wife material after a week? <laughs> I mean, I was with you through all that because I get that really bad. If you let me smash too early, oh, all my interest is gone. Like, I understood as soon as you start reading it, I thought, did I write this? I didn't like that question. I don't, I, you know what? So, this is what I can say to that. Me, personally, I've figured out that times and things have changed like women now give it up way too easily (laughs) and i felt like when i was in high school i worked so hard for it 
And I was like, really? I'm just giving it away like this? <laughs> and this person is making great points. Man, when they give it up too soon, the interest is out the window. But I want you to understand that's not your fault. That's her fault. She's giving it up like that. And then she wants you to stay interested. Whatever comes her way is what she deserves. And I know I sound like a jerk when I say this, but I'm at a place where it's, it's not hard anymore. It's not a challenge anymore. To me, that's sad. Like, this is women who are on TikTok desperate. <laughs> like, you say you like fat bitches. Why you don't like me? It's like, <laughs> could that be it right there? Because you sound desperate. <laughs> like, I smash out, but I'm not about to marry you. Listen to you. So I understand what he's saying until it gets to that. I knew her a week and thought she was wife material. Uh-uh. Somebody be wrong with you in that area because you need more than a week to figure out what these chicks are about. Yeah. And they need to, more than a week to give it up. Like, they shouldn't give it up so quickly. It's, that's tough. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where I land on it now because I can be crazy about a girl. Like, just crazy. And then I get it. I'm like, eh. And it doesn't matter per se if it's great or not. Like, it's just like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... What do you consider to be wife material? And can you really see, mm. like the young lady I'm dating, I made some mistakes. She know I made some terrible mistakes. You know what I'm saying? But when my birthday came, she flew out my sister and my best friend. And I knew she was wife material before this. But when she did that, just, I don't know. It flipped the switch for me. Like, this girl deserves all that I got to give. I need to quit bullshit. I need to step up because she is showing me that this is almost three years in and she's still doing shit like this. I love it. But when I met her that first week, I was just like, man, let me knock this down real quick. <laughs> do what I got to do. <laughs> it wasn't she's wifey. Just reading into it, I, I like to pretend like he's saying he smashed after a week, but he's still around her in a sense. Maybe they've Maybe they they went out a couple of more times, but I like to pretend that was just the thing that made him less interested. But he still acknowledges that she's got some some great things that she brings to the table. With with my wife, it's kind of the same thing. Like I met her at a bar club, the the whatever you can I the closest thing you can call a bar and club in North Iowa in Clear Lake, and we went out on a date, which was like whack you know what i'm saying like uh i ordered a apple martini which i absolutely don't like but uh my favorite character in the show scrubs did like he was drinking apple fucking martini so i just thought it was a baller shit to do when you order like a name drink instead of like let me get cranberry and vodka i'm like bring me bitch bring me a cherry in my shit and then about a, about a week you know what i mean she uh she came over and that was it was a wrap. I do like the idea and I do think it's possible for you to see shit in a, in a woman and, and vice versa. You just you you can see things in a man early. What okay, that's really like okay, so the girl with Hannah, okay. The first couple dates we kicked it, we ended up at her house one night. She wouldn't even let me get the tip in. Like I kept <laughs> she, she, she had standards, in, uh, okay. And the thing is like she lived in Rochester, I live in I believe that whole ride home. I was in my head, like, ah, you know what? I like that. She ain't just she ain't just give it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have been taking this ride home tired after busting that nut and be like, oh, <laughs> I won't be calling her again. So 
the next time out, she ended up in my crib or whatever. I told her, like, you gonna be in my bed? You gotta take your pants off. Like, that's, that's the rule. Like, you can't just be hanging out in my bed, pants on. <laughs> she went for it, okay? So, she ended up letting me stick the tip in you know, or whatever. And, I don't know, I guess after, you know, she didn't let me a few times, um, my interest didn't leave with my semen. It was like they, they separated. Like, while the semen left, the interest stayed. And we've been pretty good ever since then. Like, we usually, when it's their first week, the semen and the interest are intertwined, and they leave your body together. Because <laughs> it's been times I thought girls were great, beautiful. Then after I smash, when they call me, I notice I'm yawning a lot. It's like, oh, man, I'm like, these stories are so terrible. Like, go find somebody else to tell them to. Like, it was terrible. But this case, I guess because she just didn't just let me Smash when I wanted and didn't let me do that whole let me just put in a tip. She didn't fall for it. So then when it finally happened, you know what I'm saying? She fell asleep. She snored. I didn't care. That was that. Uh, three things. One, um, I'm never I'm never coming over and, and being in your bed if that's the rule. Like that's not <laughs> that should not be a rule for <laughs> <laughs> that's not a rule. I feel like you're like one of those uh, those store clerks that's like <laughs> I can refuse service to anybody. <laughs> like you must must take pants off to get in the bed. Um, two, I feel like no. Oh no, yeah. No, well, I feel like if someone was to skip through the podcast, like you know, sometimes people listen and they'll skip ahead. <laughs> if they got to like the certain part where you're telling me about your first date. I feel like they'll be like, what type of podcast is this? Peace. This is not peace talk. And uh no, I'll let I'll let you respond and then uh <laughs> and then uh I'm gonna I wanna talk about the book before we uh we wrap up and get out of here. Let me explain the no pants thing. I don't need <laughs> you or anybody else to than me. When I was little in Chicago, okay, I lived with my granny. I would come in from being outside and if I tried to sit on the bed, like what was the I went to the living room. I usually sit on the floor anyway. If I tried to come in and sit on the bed or whatever, she'd be like, you were outside all day. Those pants are dirty. Go take a bed. Then you can get in the bed. Or, you know what I'm saying, put on your pajamas. You get in the bed. With me, I feel like that is 100% true. But I leave out the go put on your pajamas part. I just say, you know, <laughs> take off your pants. Like my barber says, got it. Got you. <laughs> What uh so going back to your your book that you wrote, you you wrote this whole book, which is uh very not only impressive, but this is a really great read, fun book, and it articulates some really deep things where for I would probably say months, we would have conversations about the characters and the plot and the storyline. And um my first question question essentially is what pushed you to to write this book like actually take the steps to to be serious put it on paper or computer and then put it out and what's your favorite like part as far as scene or part of the book the book is called meet me at the barbershop part one you've seen me work at the shop you can probably tell that i got a passion for cutting like, I love it. It's what I do. I got this passion for writing, bro. Like, I, I read all the time. You know what I'm saying? And I've been pretty good at maintaining things in my head that I read. I've always been pretty good at tests, but I love reading. So it puts me in a position where I just like writing. And I've known 
like a long time I was going to write these books. Like no matter how busy I got at the shop or whatever else was going on in my life, I always do write these books. So COVID came. I had some time to tweak my writing and really get deep into it. And that's what I did. I sat down, opened my computer, and while my kids were doing homeschool, I was writing. Tell everybody what the book is about. Okay. The book is about four friends from the south side of Chicago. They are, I say this a lot because they act like this is not important, but they are 19 and 20 years old when you get into the book. So a lot of the choices they make aren't the best choices, but they're choices that young people make. Like, Day has a character that he says, like, this is my favorite character. He says he should die. And I just don't agree with that because this is, like, my favorite character in the book. He's an asshole. We know this. But should all assholes die? No. And especially when they're 19. They got time to not be an asshole. They got time to, to grow. And that's what I love about Day and what he, what he brings to the shop when he talks about the book. Because I started part two all the way over again just because of some of the things he said. So as much as I sit here and, and, you know, criticize him and how he feels about my characters, like I really do hear what he says and I take it into account. And because I love writing, I don't mind starting over or making tweaks here and there with these characters because I want them to, to be around for a long time. And if I can get my worst critic, change his mind just a little bit then I'm doing what I gotta do uh-huh. I, 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 first of all I appreciate that I, I, I love so my favorite aspect of of the the book is is characters I just that 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 is for me what drives every aspect of interest I love a movie that has strong character and strong character development Obviously, the relationships among them definitely matters. But what what where I give you your flowers is creating characters that quote unquote are nonfiction and not real. But like, but like definitely, I know these guys. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's just my that's just my my perception as a as a reader. But having strong opinions, I I think it's important that you read a piece of art and be like i really like this i really don't like that and you know like if you ever do a survey and they're like i strongly kind of maybe like this or like there's always like this one through ten um i remember when i was in retail we would have like assessment tests and we would ask questions like if someone steals should they be fired or not and it'd be like you can choose from one to 10 and like maybe they should be fired no they didn't do nothing wrong like we only cared about if you picked one or 10 like if you picked shit in the middle they're like this nigga too indecisive we don't want him a part of this and then there were questions that were knockout questions like if you like get this nigga a second chance no not at all <laughs> so i love that you you created a book where i have these very strong yes no I disagree strongly. I, I agree strongly. What um where do you fall on like what do you want people to walk away with after they read it? Man, I'm glad you asked that because you just said my favorite thing. Like you hadn't said this before, but you said it now you said, I know these dudes. Like I want everybody who reads the book to feel like 
I know these dudes. Maybe not these dudes in the book, but I know people who are just like <laughs> these dudes. The way they responding, the way they acting, the way they feel. Like, I know these dudes. So when I wrote this book, that's what I wanted. I wanted people to take... That's why the Rashi character is the way he is. I don't Man, I'm sorry, you said Rashi. Who, what, what's, who is he? His name is Rashi. He's a barber. And, and he, is your name Rashi as well? Because I thought you Rashi. just said Ra. I'm Rashi. I'm Rashi <laughs> just like he's Rashi. But I'm not. I'm not an asshole. For one. Let's just get that out. <laughs> I know somebody read, heard the rest of the podcast. They would think of an asshole. I'm not. I'm such a good dude. And, you know. But my, I want my kids to be not likable. But recognizable. Like. I know dudes like this. I know dudes who act just like that. And that's the that's the big thing to me. Like, you coming in, Rashi Shaddai, that was hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm like, the dude's 19, and he got two girlfriends. He should die for that? <laughs> like, well, it's crazy well, he's going on in the book. And I know why you say he should die, but man, give a kid a break. He's 19. <laughs> All right, we are, we're, we're near the end, but... Again, I want to make sure we we talk about uh, two things specifically. Uh, being a black father and raising, you know, children in 2021, I feel like maybe the stigmas has changed a little bit in some ways. I, I grew up without a father and I, I've talked about this on the podcast. I didn't really have any strong positive male role models or relationships growing up um what's your relationship like with your father and or did you have that type of um influence growing up essentially what what led you to hey i'm gonna kind of break the the stereotype and take care of my kids and be a part of their life and raise them and do the shit that you're supposed to okay so my pops was in jail from the time I was about five until I was 22. Uh, my mom... And how, how old are you now? I mean, I mean 40 this year. <laughs> Say it with your chest. <laughs> Anyhow, this dude was never there. My mom, she did what she could. But of course, as I got older, I kind of took advantage of that. So when I was 15, I got caught um, doing the grown folk in my mom's bed. <laughs> <laughs> paying bills, nigga. You were you were paying bills in, in her bedroom. <laughs> no, I was in, I was in there looking for the crazy butt. <laughs> <laughs> so she put me out in the movie with my uncle. My uncle, I mean, even to this day, he's like, like my role model. You tell me, you know, so you have me, Rob. We need you to take this clay. And we need you to put it together and show us what a man and a father looks like. It would most likely be, you know, my uncle. You know what I'm saying? He did his thing as a dad. And it made me know that when I became a dad, I was going to take his course of action rather than my own pops. So I became a, a dad young. My pops still in jail. My uncle Tracy was like, man, you got to take care of this responsibility. His mom and I were both young. I just knew that I wanted this, I wanted this kid to look up to me and be proud every time he saw me. And then 
I had my next son. So I thought I was the boy maker. I was like, yeah, I'm just making all boys at this point. Um, I had my daughter, Jacinia, and it was a whole different dynamic. Like to this day, this one just started when she was like three. We best friends, dad. She's eight now. When she lists her best friends, she always say my dad first, and then my cousin, and this person, and this person. But it's always me. They call her bake. They call me shake. We shake and bake together. Like, that's how it goes. And then I got my youngest daughter. I'm 40-year-old with a two-year-old. That's crazy, but it's still the same. I, I look forward to seeing her. look forward to spending time with her. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's great. I have a passion for this, too. Like, I love it. And it's the thing you don't know when you hear all this stuff about dudes not being dads and all the bad stigma that comes with being a black dad. Man, this shit is fun. Like, my oldest son, he went through the age, he was 17, where we didn't talk much. But then when we did, when we hooped and all that, it was great. My son, D'Angelo, his mom stopped being a mom, what, seven, eight years ago? Left him basically on my doorstep. I've been, I've had a blast with him. He's the worst. He's the toughest one. <laughs> He's the challenge of the kids, but he still tells me he loves me 50 times a day. Um, you know what I'm saying? We talk about books that he's read that I've read. He got a great memory for movies. He reminds me of me sometimes, not all the time. This dude's crazy sometimes. And then you got the girls. And girls are so much easier than boys. I wish I'd have my girls first, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> These dudes are crazy. I got this bad habit of sucking my tongue when I'm cutting or when I'm concentrating. D'Angelo watches me. And one day I caught him trying to do it. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't do what I do, bro. Keep moving. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that and, <laughs> and opening up about uh, that part. So so we're out of time. Normally, uh, I, I end with you asking me a question do you have a question by chance yes i do okay so hold on hold hold on to it for a little bit tell everybody where they can purchase your your book let's go ahead and plug that meet me at the barbershop part one uh what's what's the best way that they can get it and and support if it was great saying this you can get it at amazon.com you can get it at walmart.com you can get it at target.com the book a lot of different places picked it up. Barnesandnobles.com. So it's still just online, but these different places are selling the book. And like I said, it's a good read. You should definitely check it out. I'll I'll go ahead and kind of introduce the last topic and then we'll end with your question. So where are you now and where do you see yourself in say the next uh five years, maybe even ten years? Um, as it centers around relationships. Okay. Um, I'm a believer in that you get three great ones in your life. And um, the young lady I'm currently with is definitely a great one. And that's just not me talking. Like, you said it. Your wife noticed she's a great one. And I feel like in five to ten years, if I'm not married to this young lady, then I am hitting crazy buttons all over the United States. (laughs) Like, I'm out here hitting everybody's crazy button because I have no more great ones left. (laughs) So, if we don't work, you're ready to see a whole lot of more little rods running around. (laughs) Because I'm smashing everything. (laughs) 
I like how you playing the playing the numbers, like you playing the odds. Like if this don't happen, this will definitely be <laughs> the conclusion. Yeah, I'm very close to naming the episode. Hey, that's how we start over. <laughs> I, I think this this woman is. Man, I'm okay is, with that. No, I I have a much better t- uh, title, I think, in, instead. But I think this woman is phenomenal, and. I say I say it, and I became Team Hannah a long time ago, just for the simple fact that um, I feel like I identify the things that are important and that matters more. There's always a list, like a long list, where it's like I would love to have. The, it's like when you, I don't know, go car shopping or, or house shopping. You're like, here's a list of all these things that I love to have, but it definitely has to have A, B, and C, and the things that I saw in my wife, which again, don't get me wrong. Like I, I get why your spouse is always the top sub, <laughs> the suspect in murder cases. Like it makes total sense. Like, like I can't imagine <laughs> like, <laughs> this is stupid. I may cut this out, but like, I can't imagine like, you know, like murder and not being a spouse. <laughs> like, I don't understand like, like innocent victims. Like that is just so tragic. I'm like, Go home, take care of your wife or your husband. You got a murder. That's we okay. That's stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, no. So, so I think I think she's great. What? Uh, what? What question do you have for me? And then uh, we'll 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 wrap it up. I need your honest answer to this. We've had this question a million times at the shop, and I just need you to to just clarify for me why didn't tell over Will Smith. So one of our, I guess, more famous debates in the barbershop because the black barbershop is a very no topic is is left on uh talked about the (laughs) the denzel will smith debate initially started from the idea that will smith is a better actor so when we're talking about just pure acting um I think Denzel is one of the greatest actors we've seen uh, that we'll see in our lifetime. I think he's just that phenomenal. Here's the problem. Will Smith is, is insane. Would you say that about Tom Hanks? Now, now, now you're just throwing, you're just throwing uh, logs on the fire. Will Smith is insanely talented. A great actor has an illustrious career. I just don't think Will Smith is on that level of acting that Denzel has has been and has been at for 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 a very long time. So it's merely it's not like it, again our debates have gone on for hours with us really just saying the same things over and over again in different <laughs> ways. But it it's not about who if someone had a movie that came out next tomorrow who would you go see who's brought in more, you know, blockbuster hits. To me it is literally about who can act, who is the better actor. And for me, I don't believe Will Smith is that level of uh, of a Denzel. That's it. Why you don't want me, man? It'll make it tear <laughs> a little bit. Dude, that's Will Smith. Okay. I'm going to leave it alone. You answered Thank you. Yeah, do you 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 told me when I saw you the other day? You was like you were doing research. What do you do? You care to go ahead and add your input on why you pick Will Smith over Denzel? I would just throw this out. This is my last thing. 
people gotta agree with me. <laughs> Will Smith has made 29 movies and he's made over six billion dollars. Whereas Denzel Washington, 46 movies in, only four billion dollars. More people enjoy seeing Will Smith and there's the proof. Because <laughs> his acting is so great. Yeah, like... That's it. Thank you. Like, m- movies back in the 80s was bringing in, like, $11 million, and that was, like, a blockbuster hit. And then you fast forward to now, <laughs> where, you know, like, the Avengers brings <laughs> in, like, a billion dollars. <laughs> of course, more movies are making more money now. But, you know, I digress. I digress. You're right. What, what, what's my phrase? What's the phrase that pays? You're you're right, Ra, and I agree with you. Right. Really I hate that agree. phrase too. I, hate <laughs> that phrase. I had to develop a safe a safe phrase <laughs> to stop to, to end all of our arguments after they pass, in the shop, Yeah. After they pass a two hour mark, then then I have to tap out. Like I feel like that's that's the tap out for me. All right, that's all that's all I got. You got anything else you want to add? That's it, brother. I appreciate you having me on. No, this was dope. I appreciate you making time, sharing, opening up, and it's it's always it's always great dialogue and conversation with you, bro. Like you literally came you like came out of nowhere. Like this is my life and my story. So you literally came out of nowhere. Um <laughs> like open up this shop. Um I go there also frequent. I bring my two boys there and it's it's become I don't want to say like a home away from home, but it's definitely like a safe space for me as a black person in North Iowa or just in this area it's great to have a great relationship with another black man who is on his shit and doing really great things and I don't know what I would fucking do if you wasn't here like I would uh I definitely would have dreads I think I think that's that's probably what what would have happened to me I would have uh had dreads like little Wayne which I know you love you love his look <laughs> and that that would have been day day so I appreciate you for being you, bro. Your kids call me Uncle Ra. I love it, bro. I love it. Thank you. Uh, I'll let you get out of here. Kiss the soon-to-be wife. You didn't mention that you have a, a, a tattoo of her on your thigh that you've showed me eight times, but maybe we'll save that for the next episode. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Deuces. Deuces. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 